Hey Jeepers, on this week's Jeep Talk Show, we'll hear more details surrounding the Grand Cherokee Recall. We'll also be talking about the pros and cons of aluminum versus steel wheels for your Jeep. We put out the call for a social media manager for the show, have a record number of reviews, and even get some tech questions from our voicemails. Tammy's talking wheels, Tony's talking gas mileage, and I'll be talking all about refreshing those squeaky leaf springs on episode 235 of the Jeep Talk Show. And now we go to Clyde in Canada to get a Canadian's perspective on a traditional U.S. holiday, July the 4th, Independence Day. Why we're asking a Canadian is beyond me, man. <laughs> we kowtow to the British for so long. Oh, man, we obeyed them for 200 years after you guys fought for your independence. Don't ask me. Celebrate. Celebrate your independence. We hardly have ours. We just kind of gave it to them. I don't know what we have here. <laughs> Be proud. Be proud, all of you. And drink Pap's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Well, will software code be enough? In the wake of the death of actor Anton Yelchin, who played Chekhov in the latest series of Star Trek films, Fiat Chrysler has sent its dealers new software, allowing them to install a software-based auto park feature in 2014-2015 Jeep Grand Cherokees. The software is intended to prevent the vehicles from moving when the driver's side doors open and the shifter is not in park. The automaker said it will begin notifying owners of the recalled SUVs beginning Friday to schedule appointments with dealers. The updated software package requires technicians to reprogram the vehicle's power control module, transmission control module, radio frequency hub, and instrument panel cluster. Now, well, is that all? <laughs> Despite the complex nature of the fix, the process only takes about three hours. FCA said the software upgrade is available for 2014-2015 Grand Cherokees, outfitted with the standard 3.6-liter V6 engine, as well as the 5.7-liter V8 engine. It does not, however, cover Grand Cherokees with the 3.0-liter eco-diesel engine or Grand Cherokee SRTs with a 6.4-liter V8, which I've heard may be recalled later this summer. Now, FCA has been accused of concealing the defect in Jeep Grand Cherokees. Now, speaking of the Grands, the Jeep Grands owners filed suit in California against Fiat Chrysler, accusing the company of concealing and failing to fix a shifter design defect linked to driverless rollaway accidents, including the aforementioned death of Star Trek actor Anton Yelchin. The class action complaint filed Thursday in U.S. District Court in Riverside, California, alleges that the design flaw affects 811,000 vehicles, including 2014 to 15 model year Jeep Grand Cherokees, 2012 to 14 Chrysler 300s, and 2012 through 2014 Dodge Chargers. The lawsuit states that the Fiat Chrysler automobiles concealed both its shifter design defect and hundreds of related accidents that caused property damage and injuries. The plaintiffs also allege that the raft of negative publicity surrounding the recent disclosure of the problem has greatly diminished the resale value of their vehicles, 
oh, I'm sorry. Do you people not want me reporting on this kind of stuff? Because, you know, it's kind of important because it might kill you. <laughs> Fiat Chrysler spokesman Michael Polizzi said the automaker has not yet been served with the lawsuit and it would be inappropriate to comment before the company had reviewed the case. The lawsuit came on the same day that the chief of the, of the company's Jeep brand, Mike Manley, said software upgrades for 1.1 million Jeep vehicles recalled for rollaway risk, including the Jeep Grand Cherokee, would be available by the end of the month. Too little too late? I don't know. But what, what makes matters worse here is, well, are you guys familiar with Maserati? Well, that's just another brand under FCA's rule. This whole problem of vehicles rolling away was compounded for, uh, by Fiat Chrysler when its Maserati brand in the last week recalled 13,092 Quattroportes and Ghibli luxury cars in the United States for issues similar to the Jeep recalls. Needless to say, FCA has a fair amount of damage control ahead of them. Big thanks to all you guys who continue each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you guys have a response to any one of our stories or have a response or have a story that you think we should be reporting on, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, isn't that special? I don't know. Um, what do you think, Josh? Is there an actual problem or is it a confusion, a confusing sh shifter as they, they were talking well, about? Well, if you guys remember back uh, several years ago, uh, Chrysler, FCA, they, they were coming up with a, an industry new type of transmission, that whole eight-speed transmission. And you guys are aware that it was buggy. And in fact, it yeah. delayed the launch of the new Cherokee. Uh, back when it first came out, by several months, in fact. Well, the fix was more software-related than it was mechanical, and it sounds like this is just a, maybe a, a, an extension or an ex exacerbation of that. Uh, it seems like these eight-speed transmission, nine-speed transmissions, they're just so buggy, and they cannot get things right. This has been an ongoing problem, I think, since the drawing board. Would you, would you blame this on the federal government uh, and their desire? No, absolutely not. I mean, this is clearly falls in the lap of FCA. And, and now, granted, you know, the NHTSA certainly probably has some culpability in this uh, because, you know, they, they do all their independent testing and stuff as well. So, you know, this probably should have been something that was caught a little bit sooner. Now, it does sound like it was. In my report last week, they've known about this problem since, I think, March. So this is something that they didn't take, I think, seriously enough, soon enough, and the problem came a little bit too late, or the fix, rather, came a little bit too late. But do you think the, F uh, the federal government has some culpability in this and their desire to keep pushing the mile per gallon thing, which is the, oh, which is the reason? Yeah, if you want to go down that road, the absolutely. They keep pushing more and, yeah, more stricter regulations and, and, and more overly demanding, uh, you know, uh, fuel economic uh, standards. There's just, there's no way, you know, so uh, you get the sacrifice of, uh, you, you get that at the sacrifice of safety, quality, you know, reliability. I mean, come on, these things are important here. Yeah. You know, you say you, you give up those things for a few miles per gallon. That's not a fair trade-off to me. I don't think so. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't want to try to blame everything on the federal government, but I'd like to point out that... Ooh, that the, I do! I do! Pick me! Pick me! <laughs> well, no, there, there are those people out there that uh, that don't want to do that. And I just... Uh, I'm not trying to blame everything on them, but if, if they didn't have such tight uh, control over businesses in this, this country, you know, maybe open it up to a 10-year. Let's get to, you know, this mile per gallon over the next 10 years. And that would give companies like Jeep the ability to test these things before they had to push them out there and then yeah. pay lawsuits. Yeah, uh, and this is why we have a Wrangler becoming more like a car. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> why, why I may learn how to weld and build my own damn stuff from the ground up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the answer or not, but certainly it, uh, it frustrates me because uh, – 
uh, Jeep has always been a very good brand and, and even continues to be in the hands of uh, uh, Fiat <laughs> as much as they're going to try Oddly to change enough. things. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason. From Morgan Trail Off Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. Listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story, a story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. Hey, guys, coming up in a few minutes on Wrangler Talk, steel versus aluminum. Hmm, one certainly is prettier. Alrighty, so let me tell you about the Jeep Talk Show. Well, yeah, you happen to be watching or listening to it right now, but... You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in an audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting, working out at the gym, or taking care of those chores at the house. Subscribe via iTunes, Tuned In, or Stitcher, and never miss an episode. So let me tell you about the 4x4 Radio Network. You can listen to Dan over at the 4x4 Podcast and his crew, uh, John Centersteer, that's C-E-N-T-R-E, you got to be different if you're from England, uh, Steer Podcast, it's about Land Rovers. Uh, Greg at the Money Microphone Podcast, and that's uh, ATVs. Oh, and let's not forget Cody, who fills in for us uh, here quite often. He does the Trail Chasers Podcast. Hey, guys, and if you want to join, and gals, if you want to join the Jeep Talk Show team, we are looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence (laughs) on the web. You can be the Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at Show to find out more about it. Yeah, we'd really like to have you join us on the team and, like Tammy says, be our voice on social media. And speaking of social media, one of our more famous platforms is our YouTube channel. Make sure you guys get those subscriptions in. For every 100 subscriptions, we get a cookie. (laughs) No, not really, but that would be pretty cool. So, in fact, make sure you guys are spreading the word. We release content all the time and, of course, simulcast the show live every Thursday at 10 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Show. Ah, lovely music. You know when you took that pause, Josh, when I started playing the music? I was afraid you were going to freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? I got to hear it. It is loud, isn't it? So uh, let, let me remind you guys that we are on the iTunes. Can I say the iTunes? I just like that. It just kind of so preferences the uh, you know the whole you thing. You say the in front of everyone else, everything else. Might yeah, as well. Uh, might as well. Uh, so uh, we needed to go over to iTunes and sub- subscribe. Uh, we've been getting reports of some iTunes users having delays in getting the show. And now YouTube email users and their email notifications aren't showing up for some times after days their friends receive theirs. Unfortunately, we don't have any control over that, uh, and uh, we do uh, do our own transfer cases, <laughs> but we do do our own transfer cases. But for our iTunes, iTunes listeners there uh, out there, if you want to get the various, very latest episode of the Jeep Talk Show and get first dibs on the bonus content, the moment it's released, that all you need to do is subscribe. That's it. Hit the subscribe button, and you'll never miss out from the, uh, on any of the latest content of the Jeep Talk Show. 
Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't show up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, guys. Recently, if you didn't know, I lifted my 2015 Wrangler Rubicon with a 3.5-inch lift and 35-inch tires. And with those tires, I decided to buy some steel black rock wheels. Um, I think when it comes to off-roading, especially in the rocks, the number one goal should be strength and performance. So I had to do a little research, and I decided to find out what the pros and cons are with steel wheels and aluminum wheels. And what I found, and I'm sure there's a lot more out there than what I found, but aluminum are lighter than steel. They crack easier. They are quicker acceleration and stopping. They are less strain on suspension components, but in a Rubicon, the newer ones, I don't think that really matters as the Wrangler Rubicon was built tough. Um, So that's what they tell me at the dealership anyway. Um, Steel wheels are less expensive and easier to repair if damaged. On the trails, if you bend your wheel, you can hammer it back. And if you try that with an aluminum wheel, it will crack. Now, the steel wheels do weigh more, but I'm told with my Rubicon, again, it doesn't matter as it can handle that extra weight. Um, Also, steel wheels supposedly effectively lower your center of gravity, which is a good thing when you're wheeling because you don't want to, you want to keep that center of gravity low. But I'm not quite sure if this is true. Um, Hopefully, someone out there can um, verify what I read on the internet. Um, When I was researching my purchase, I found this from fourwheeler.com. If you need an economical wheel that you can beat back into shape with a a hammer, go with a steel wheel. If you're a mud, sand, or snow guy or gal, or are just looking for a new wheel for your daily driver, then the lightweight cast wheel is one for you. If you need the strength of steel without the weight penalty, break out the credit card and finance a set of forged aluminum wheels. Now, forged aluminum and just regular aluminum are two different things. Um, Remember, everyone has a different need for their Jeep. So when you do your research, find out what you're going to do with your Jeep first. Are you a mud or sand gal or guy, a rock crawler, a desert racer, or a mall crawler? Each one of those has different needs. A desert racer will probably want to go aluminum for the weight issues. A mall crawler will probably want to go aluminum for the prettiness factor. So figure out how you want to use your Jeep Wrangler, then go from there. I decided I wanted my Jeep tough and strong for rock crawling. Plus, I just bought myself a BFH. (laughs) Gotta have one of those. (laughs) Yeah. I never knew what that was until I bought my Jeep. Yeah, you learned those things the hard way. And I'm sure there's so much more pros and cons for each one, but I figured those were like you hit on you know, all the, the, the very pretty basics. much the major the major talking points there. Yeah, so good job on that. Uh, well done on the research. Yep, it's uh, the internet is a wonderful thing, uh, and then getting out there uh, off road like you've been doing, Tammy, much more so than uh, Josh recently and me ever. Uh, it it helps. Uh, <laughs> so- <laughs> it helps solidify the the reason for these things because you you understand better why you need why you need that bfh <laughs> but also too why you need skid plates why you need a lot of that stuff is like what did, what do i need this stuff for and then you go right. out and you scrape your bottom on things then you get in your jeep and you scrape the bottom on that one then you know why so 
They need to make. And there is also a difference. You know, you can get steel skid plates and aluminum skid plates too. Yeah, that's that's very true. And pros and cons for those as well. Yep, uh, weight savings uh, mainly. Um, And uh, I think uh, aluminum will actually fracture where steel will bend, but uh, it uh, it is lighter and uh, can be stronger in a lot of ways. From from my understanding. And we do use a lot more aluminum in elevators than we do steel. How would you know that? Because I work in the elevator business now. Oh, that's now. right. Uh, <laughs> I always want to do the ups and downs uh, joke. It just, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm biting my tongue. All right. Well, great. Great work there, Tammy. We appreciate the information. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? We want to know. Call us at 530-675-4102 and let us know on our 24-hour by 7-day-a-week voicemail. No one will answer the, the phone. You'll just be able to leave your recording. Uh, and, you know, I, ever, I know everybody's nervous about screwing up. We'll take the last one, whatever the or, or the best one, but that's usually <laughs> the last one. So uh, call in and uh, you don't have to say, don't use that last one. We'll know which is the best one. <laughs> Usually the one that says, don't use that last one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's get over to our reviews. We've got quite a few tonight, uh, I believe. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of feedback uh, coming from the Twitterverse this week. Uh, you guys are really out there in force, uh, and we couldn't appreciate it anymore. Uh, this one here comes from Alan Ward, at Alan, Arlen Ward, rather. Um, nothing, like, nothing quite like listening to the bonus at Jeep Talk Show interview with Oregon Trail Off-Road and being mentioned by name in the first five minutes. I'm glad to do it. That's always nice. And that, uh, if you want to follow Oregon trail off road, that is the, uh, at sign Oregon, the, the proper English spelling trail O R. So Oregon trail O R and, uh, please follow them, especially on their adventures. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't listened to the bonus download, the interview that Josh has done with them and you need to. Yeah, we had two interviews, guys, uh, and I'm going to be joining them here in, geez, just another couple few weeks. Mm -hmm. Exciting. I have have not told you, Josh, but that interview, the the most recent interview, is approaching 1,000 downloads. So there's a a good 1,000 people. You will be in good company out there if you listen to the uh, Oregon Trail off-road interview. And then we have Bridget Hanks at Bridgie11. Moving to the Oregon area. Help me connect with Jeeps there. Smiley face, hashtag Jeep family, hashtag Oregon, at return check, at the Jeep Mafia, at Jeep Talk Show, at Camo Jeep KR. <laughs> and it goes on and on. Yeah. I never well, uh, understood real, that on the Twitter, but. Real quick, Bridget, there's a lot of Jeep clubs out here, including one of the nation's oldest sanctioned Jeep clubs, um, the Jolly Jeepers. They have a huge run every year in July. I'm planning on going to that as well. Uh, and uh, I would say start there. Um, there's a big presence uh, locally on uh, both uh, xjtalk.com as well as uh, Jeep Forum. Um, just online, there's going to be a ton of stuff here. Uh, and we have some off-road shows happening during the summer as well. Uh, so I just keep your ear to the Facebook uh, rail, as it were, and you'll hear all about it. Yes, yes. Oh, and uh, let me just make sure that you guys know, we, we have been posting lots of uh, Jeep pictures uh, up on uh, the Twitter, at Jeep Talk Show. And uh, this tweet from uh, KT, uh, that's at 
KT did 13. I'm not even going to ask. Uh, she says simply love your pictures and give us a, a looks like an okay symbol there. Yeah, that's awfully nice. Yes. Uh, this one comes from Jen CM at book chick Jen at Jeep talk show. Just subscribe to your podcast. Hashtag Jeep. Hashtag Patriot. I think that that means she drives a Patriot, but the, I I'm guess she could guess be a Patriot so. too. I don't know. Yeah, could just be I'm flying a guess big old flag one. off the back of her Jeep. <laughs> or um, Sal B at Bosky B at Jeep Talk Show. I too love bacon. Uh, one Who of the doesn't one of the really pictures though. I posted up uh, had a, a nice uh, lifted uh, Wrangler, I believe it was, and very very small and a very very small image. It says I love bacon, and he <laughs> caught that. <laughs> <laughs> he caught that little bitty bumper sticker on that Jeep. So that That's was pretty great. funny. So Dan over at the 4x4 podcast uh, was re- replying to uh, at Skyline Speeder uh, and says, and find someone with experience to answer uh, questions. I always bug Jeep Talk Show Tony for help. And he is referring to amateur radio or ham radio. Oh, very good. So he was uh, uh, directing, uh, I guess uh, Skyline Speeder was asking Dan for some uh uh, ham-related information, which we need to get more of. Now that uh, uh, John, pre-runner 1982, has solved his uh, uh, front-end uh, disaster, front-end collision disaster with his uh, prior two, two-door Jeep, you know, he, he has that red four-door now, Josh. Yeah, I was going to say congratulations are in order to our friend of the show, John, pre-runner 1982. He just recently picked up a 2000 red XJ. So uh, congrats, John. Glad to see you uh, back in the saddle again, as it were. And it's red. Did I mention that? Uh, was, I knew that you were just going to get all squirmy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's just a thing. Ooh, red Jeeps are uh, sexy. Exactly right. Oh, so welcome, uh, welcome to the Red Jeep Club, which I think John was trying really, really hard to find not a red Jeep. Anything else but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm having a little fun with this, folks. Because John is doing nothing but sourcing rattle can cost right now. For John, a job. John listens <laughs> listens to the podcast at work, and right now he's covering his high, eyes, heads his head down low, and is looking around, make sure nobody can see him, and talking about the red Jeep. And then he remembers he has headphones on. So anyway, the embarrassment uh, is still real. <laughs> okay, folks. Now is the time that we look forward to each and every week because we sit and wonder what will he say next. And that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. And is he out of the woods? From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I just caught the show. And uh, I got a few comments to make uh, about Julia Johnny. Uh, I, too, have not received my tag renewal in the mail from the state of Illinois. Of course, I am not a resident of the state of Illinois. I'm not even a resident of this planet. But still, I like to be invited to the party once in a while. And uh, I'm glad to hear from Super Croc. I was getting worried about him. But I'm kind of concerned that he used the term uh, chasing zebras and said that that is a uh, medical a term used in the medical profession. Uh, does that mean Super Croc is a doctor? I would hate to be waiting in that little room in a gown and the nurse just took your blood pressure and temperature and everything. Said the doctor will be with you shortly. And the door opens up and Super Croc pops in with your greetings and lamifications. Uh, we're going to do a diagnostics by sticking an end of a paper clip in here and the other end in there. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, guys and girls. We'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Oh, it's it's uh, love some super croc night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love for the croc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, no, chasing man. zebras. That that was a new one to me. I've heard of chasing the dragon before, which uh, we've heard of uh, as a euphemism for, well, I'm sure he has some kind of addiction. <laughs> that would be like a, a beer and marijuana, wouldn't it? Ch- uh, the chase on the dragon. Oh, something like that. No, we're all having addiction to the Jeeps. That's for sure. I was bitten by the bug years ago. Now we got Tammy in full swing, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tammy, sure. Tammy did it to herself just simply because she wanted to be topless. Is there any more? From Way to kill a room. I'm like, uh, what do I say to that? I do love yeah, topless, so Was it me that. or the topless comment? <laughs> Um, You know what, folks, we love hearing from all of you. So be sure to call our voicemail at 530-675-4102. Or you can jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the leave voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. Tim has an interesting question for us tonight. One I had not considered before. All right. Hello, Jeep Talk Show. It's Tim, and I have a question that I'd like to ask all of you guys. It's concerning two-door versus four-door. I want to know what you guys think of uh, either the Cherokee or the Wrangler, and uh, I want to know if Tammy's ever driven a two-door Wrangler before because they're pretty sweet. All right. Bye-bye. Well, I let me just chime in here really quick. Uh you know, kind of comparing apples to oranges a little bit. Uh, we're talking about a unibody against a, um, uh, you know, a body on frame vehicle. Now, I personally am a big fan of the four door Cherokees over the two door Cherokees, and the main reason is an extra pillar. Um, with the additional door, you have a C pillar. Um, in the two doors, the C pillar is where the rear hatch is. And so you have an extra vertical support on the four door in a unibody that you don't have on the two doors. Uh, it makes it just a little bit more stiff, a little bit more strong, just beefs up that, that unibody a little bit more. Uh, in regards to um, a two-door versus a four-door Wrangler, my preference personally is two-door just because I like the turning radius. I like the shorter wheelbase, but <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the rocks, you're going to want a four-door just for the wheelbase right there. Uh, better approach angles, um, that, that sort of stuff. You'd be able to have an easier time getting over some of the taller obstacles with a, with a longer wheelbase. So. Um, really kind of comes down to where you're wheeling, you know, what kind of uh, preference you have and, uh, uh, really sort of, sort of what your build platform is looking like. So, uh, Tammy, Tim wanted to know if you've driven a two door before and, and, and do you have an in- opinion on it? I think we know, but, uh, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, do now. <laughs> kind, I've kind of driven in a two door years and years ago. I just realized this, um, on our little vacation this weekend with my sister, she had a two door, um, probably it was like a. 2000 that was early in that it was a 1990 something two-door white jeep and i just remember her trying to get her kid in and out of um his car seat in there and i don't remember much more than that but i've driven in one i don't have any memory of it um but i've never driven i've driven plenty of four doors but never a two-door i should have to test that out but i do know josh is right that the longer wheelbase helps you in some Mm -hmm. places if you're not lifted, it can be a, a deter, not a deterrent. What word am I looking for? It can be detrimental. Yeah. Thank you. When you're trying to go up and over some steeper hills because 
you know, you could um, get stuck. Yeah, I high, scraped, high centered. That's easier. where I scraped. Yeah, high centered. I got scraped a lot doing that. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm lifted, knock on wood, I haven't had those issues yet because I have more clearance. I think there is a picture of a stretch limo, a, a really long stretch limo, like in San Francisco, where it high centered on a street because oh, it was because yeah. yeah, it was going up a hill. Happening. And and the same thing. It's so long that right. as you go up and over things, that that bottom gets a lot closer to the road. So yeah, they, certainly. they just weren't going fast enough. I, that's exactly <laughs> right. You know, if you, I will say too, though. Um, Josh mentioned about um, turning tight turns. Um, yeah. I have to do a lot more backing up than the two doors do. Oh, that's points removed right there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's something you can use your sliders for, Tammy. You just uh, use the slider as a pivot point. Yeah, on the, on those on those little baby trees and yeah, well, it's their fault for being there, isn't it? Or that, that, um, <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> or that or that sinkhole drop off? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you're just. Uh, hey, did you have any bad dreams about uh, CPO's uh, videos? Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I was watching some more today. He got. He has. He teased us all with. Uh, anyway, I can tell you later and. Um. Chit chat. Okay, no problem. Yeah, save save it for later. Uh, just a little tease there, but uh, yeah. So um, I personally, uh, it, it dawned, I never thought about it. To me, a Cherokee's four doors. So you know, having the thought of a two two door Cherokee just never crossed my mind. I it just I didn't even it, know they had them. It's a yeah, it's a four door for me. And if I was going to replace it, I'd, I'd get into the four door. There are a lot of two door Cherokee lovers out there. They're they're fairly mm-hmm. rare. And uh, I think uh, that's what John was driving that uh, that got cratered uh, uh, the other day. But anyway, um, so, uh, and then it dawned on me, well, the TJ we have, of course, it's a two-door. It's a Jeep. It's a Wrangler, you know? So, and then uh, uh, then I thought, oh, that's right. The JK does have four doors. And, and if I was going to buy a new Jeep, that's, that's what I would get, Tammy. I'd be getting the JKU. I'd want the four-door. Because to me... Um, that is, if they had had the JKU, but in the TJ format, but if they had had something like a four door TJ back when we were getting the, the Cherokee, that's what we would have bought because we were going there to buy a Wrangler and I, I, I opted for a four door Jeep four wheel drive simply because we had the, our, our two little girls at the time. So we would have bought a, a four door TJ in a, in an instant. Uh, so Yep, four-door is great for a family or uh, getting things in and out. Uh, and certainly on the JKU, you have a lot of room with those rear doors where in a Cherokee, it's, uh, man, if you're a full-grown person or even a midget, you'd have a hard time uh, getting in and out of those, those rear doors. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, uh, I, it's, it's a two-door for me on the, the, uh, the TJ and four-door for the JKU and certainly four-door for the uh, 1984 through 2001 Cherokee. Now, uh, let's get over to Rob, the Toon Man, and uh, I haven't got it up yet, but uh, we have a, uh, a great picture. Oh, that's right. I need to get those images from you guys for any uh, fan art that you guys have received about your Jeeps, because, you know, uh, Rob sent me a great one for mine, and we're going we're gonna to have those on the show. Hey, this is Rob, the Toon Man. I was just thinking about something. Guys at work were talking about retro vehicles. And they were talking about the Mustang and the Challenger and stuff like that. And I brought up the fact that isn't Jeep the ultimate retro vehicle? It really is. It still basically looks exactly as it did back in the day with a few modern tweaks. So I told them all the <laughs> off that Jeep was the <laughs> ultimate retro vehicle. All right, guys. Love the show. Have a pleasant day. Bye. 
Oh, and I Wait. love Rob the Tune Man. Yeah. This guy's awesome. <laughs> He's not go. only a genius. He's got a great sense of humor too. <laughs> so, I never even would have that. It didn't makes, even click with me. It, yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, seventy-five yeah. year yeah. anniversary of Jeep, and of course, Jeep World War II uh, got us there, won the war. Uh, I think uh, there were, there were actually no soldiers. It was all Jeeps just storming the beaches. And that's uh, right. <laughs> no insult to, our, to our, our, our great veterans. It's just a joke about how great the Jeeps were. And if you were there and you drove a Jeep, you know. So uh, anyway, we really appreciate those voicemails. And again, next show, guys, get your fan art for your Jeeps in because we're going to do a little segment on that. Josh has been rolling his eyes ever since I mentioned that. Yeah, no, Tony's got a whole bunch <laughs> on his fridge. <laughs> well, you got you to gotta have it up there for the kids. They, they have to have a, a, a bar to shoot, shoot for. So let's talk about Jeep, talk, Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler. Everything we've discussed has, been, has had one thing in common. <laughs> no, not badass Jeep gas mileage, uh, as in getting less of it. Every time we add armor or raise the, the, the body, uh, the suspension, increase the, all that airflow changes, and your miles per gallon go down. I'll tell you like I tell my wife. It's the price you pay, literally, for being one of the cool kids. Jeep is not synonymous with fuel economy. I don't think it ever will be. Well, not until the small nuclear portable reactors go mainstream, but I digress. There's been a few things that we, uh, there, there may be a few things that we can do to improve our miles per gallon, but one thing we can do is just see what our MPG is. I have found that many people don't know how to accurately calculate MPG. Some people use the feels like method. What's that? Well, anything, uh. <laughs> anything that doesn't involve using a calculator or at least a pencil and paper and long division. Actually, it's pretty simple. Get your number two pencil ready. Number one, fill up your Jeep's gas tank all the way. Number two, if your Jeep has a trip odometer, reset it or record the master odometer mileage. So the main odometer, if you only have one, that's, that's, the, that's the one that tells you how many miles you have on your engine. Number three, drive your Jeep as you normally would and let your gas tank deplete so it is at least half of the tank of gas. Number four, uh, oh, and the lower you let it go, the better average rating you will get. But don't run out of gas. <laughs> Great safety tip. Number five, uh, get to the gas station and fill your tank again. Number six, record the amount of gas it took to refill the tank. Number seven, record the elapsed trip miles or new odometer mileage. So if you're looking at your trip odometer, it'll tell you how many miles you've driven. And you just fill it up, write down the amount. Reset that thing back to zero so you can continue checking your uh, MPG. So anyway, you, uh, you you take that, you divide it, you uh, get some uh, uh, putty, some clay, and you build little models, and then you <laughs> you come up with your miles per gallon. Uh, it's it's actually really simple, but it, it you'd be amazed that people think they've got a twenty gallon tank, they put eighteen gallons in it, and then they divide it by the number of miles. Well, the twenty gallon tank doesn't hold twenty gallons; it only holds maybe eight point eight. Uh, and it, it, you're going to be slightly off. So just remember when you're doing, when you're talking about how many miles per gallon your Jeep is getting online, on the forums, Twitter, anywhere, make sure you've calculated it properly. People are trying to make decisions about how they can improve MPG on their vehicle. And when you've calculated 83 miles per gallon and they're only getting 12, they want to know what miracle you worked. 
So make sure uh, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna say how many miles per gallon you're getting, calculate it correctly. Now I know if you are uh, really thinking this thing through, this is even inaccurate. But this is a good way of doing it, and if everybody does it the same way, then we'll at least have very similar numbers. So you might ask, why should I care about my MPG, much less how accurate it is? Knowing your MPG will help you determine when mechanical or sensor failure is occurring. It's like your doctor having a history of your health. It, will help, uh, it helps the doctor diagnose you and accurately, uh, accurate historical information about your Jeep will help you diagnose the health of your Jeep. The O2 sensor closest to the engine will severely impact your MPG, for example. And if you're monitoring your MPG, you might know when that O2 sensor needs to be replaced. Of course, when, you're, when you normally get 220 miles uh, per tank and you're getting uh, uh, more like 180 or 150, well, that'll be a good sign too. But it, you might be able to catch it before it's cost you a bunch of money. So, Josh, uh, how do you calculate your MPG, and is that important to you at all? You know, it was when I first got my Jeep, uh, just to kind of get a baseline and, and, and sort of track it and whatnot. And now, not so much because, I mean, geez, the thing only comes out every so often. It's not a daily driver for me anymore, so that kind of information isn't super critical to me. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I'm still curious. The problem with that, though is that my odometer is not going to be accurate. Um, you know, that's, that's based on how many turns, uh, you know, the, that little gear spinning in the dash or, you know, off the speed sensors or uh, the speed sensor, rather, in the transfer case. You know, all that's off because of larger tires, uh, because of everything else. You know, so that's not going to be accurate. So unless you've gone through the trouble to reset everything back to as close to factory as possible by Regearing the axles, making sure the speedo gear in the uh, in the transfer cases is accurate, um, and that you're getting a true speed reading. Now, compare that against the GPS in your phone; you should be within a mile or two, um, and that will get you close enough. Like Tony said, it's not accurate, so you know that that kind of math to me just doesn't work out so well. Now, in the Honda, however, I track that every so often just to kind of keep track, and I do the same method. Method: I may not go through a half a tank; I may go through a quarter tank or something like that. It's usually enough. Uh, sometimes I'll just actually go through whatever, you know, until I got to refill again or something like that. Keep the receipt from last time, number on it, do quick math with your phone, bada bing, bada boom. Now, I've been monitoring my uh, MPG on uh, my vehicle since 2010. I have an app on my phone, and it just uh, I just plug in the uh, the odometer reading, uh, how many gallons I put in, and uh, for some yeah. reason, the price of the, the gas. It just depresses me, though, and if I look back at, you know, back in 2010, how much it cost. But uh, and it calculates it for me, so I, I have a running calculation uh, which doesn't require me to really do anything except I mean I'm not doing anything anyway while I'm standing there letting the gas fill up in the tank. I just punch in the information on my phone and I have it. Uh, so uh, and actually, there's been a few tweets where I go, you know, you drive a Jeep when you get all excited and you got a tweet about getting 12.75 miles per gallon. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, Tammy, uh, there's got to be some sort of button or gizmo on your uh, 2015 uh, Jeep Rubicon, I think it is, uh, that tells your uh, MPG, isn't there? Yes. Of course. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a little menu button on my steering wheel, and actually I can tell what each of my tires PSI is. I can actually it just notified me that my rear taillight is out. It beeps and says, need to change your rear taillight bulb. So, yeah, I... Temperature, direction, 
So what kind of mops per gallon do you get? Because we're trying to focus <sighs> on that. Between 12 and 14. Oh, that's not bad. It, yeah. Did it change whenever, with your lift? more. Did it change with um, your lift? You know, I really haven't paid much attention to it since I've... Because 12 to 14 is about what uh, what I hear from most people. I mean, you hear a few 16s and 18s out there, but I think they're... Uh, they're uh, drugged up or, or I'll drunk. Have to, I'll pay more attention to that. That's, you know, to me, it's not a big deal. Well, no, I, and, I, and I think yeah. I, I think that's true for a lot of people. You you buy a Jeep, you know what you're getting into, and uh, that, that one of those things means you're going to be spending more uh, money on fuel and, and filling it up right. more often. Uh, oh, one, one thing I'll mention, uh, the uh, and then I might make a segment out of this because it's so simple to change the uh, Speedo gear in your transfer case and correct uh, the uh, odometer and speedometer uh, for your for your Jeep after lifting your Jeep or regearing your uh, differentials. So uh, that's like a thirty five buck part from the dealer and mm-hmm. uh, a uh, a socket wrench and uh, fifteen minutes of your time, quite literally, underneath your Jeep. It's very easy yeah. to get to, very easy to do, and and I'm surprised you didn't uh, do that on yours, Josh. Uh, I do have a speedo gear that gets me within a, a, a couple few. It's not the most ideal one. Uh, that's because I'm waiting until after I regear my axles. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so uh, yeah, I just like uh, I don't like seeing a cop on the road and, and me not being absolutely sure what my speed uh, is. But you know, yeah. you can do phone GPS like what Josh was saying. Some of the GPSs will actually uh, calculate the MPG for you. Alrighty, so uh, anyway, we'll uh, move on and uh, hope you uh, got a little information about your uh, calculating your MPG. And I hope I didn't come across as too preachy. <laughs> Preach on, brother. <laughs> yep. Well, you see those uh, reports of sixteen miles per gallon. You go, how the hell? You know, and they've got everything known to man: hypermiling, shutting the engine off, off downhill both ways, uh, yeah. winch connected to eighteen wheelers, uh, being drugged <laughs> along the interstate. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I can... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Well, over the last weekend, I uh, loaded up my Jeep full of gear and noticed uh, one thing that uh, kind of bothered me a little bit. And this is something that's popped up over the years, and and I've seen it time and time again on just about every Jeep uh, out there eventually. And that is, well starting to sag to one corner or you know, the leaf spring's not looking so hot. Well, I want to sit down and talk to all my leaf spring Jeepers out there for just a minute. Now, for years, the Leafs were the cornerstone of the Jeep suspension design, and let's face it, they work. I've seen YJ's Outflex TJ's before, so don't discount the old leaf springs quite yet. So for those who have squeaky leaves or just a lot of hard miles on them would rather not part with several hundred dollars to replace them, then let me give you some money-saving DIY tips on refreshing those old leaf springs, and let's breathe some new life back into that old suspension. They live a hard life under our Jeep. They're constantly blasted by sand, road grit, and grime, covered in mud, splashed with water, and dragged across rocks. Every time the suspension flexes or hits a bump, each leaf spring in the pack moves against the others, grinding the dirt and rust deeper into each layer of your springs. Factory rubber bushings dry out and crack while the metal-on-metal squeaks become louder and louder. But don't fret, there's no need to toss those springs in the trash. A little elbow grease is all you need to make your leaf springs like new again. Start by removing the weight from the springs by jacking the vehicle up and supporting the frame or unibody with a sturdy pair of jack stands. Make sure you also block the wheels so the axle does not roll away when the springs are removed. Remove the U-bolts and their plates followed by the bolts from the frame bracket and the shackles. The spring should now be ready to pull from underneath the vehicle at this point. Now the spring pack itself. All the old stuff's got to come out. The old bushings need to go and likely they'll be stuck in the spring eye pretty good. So give them a good shot of penetrating oil before you remove them. 
There are several methods to go about this. The factory steel metal sleeve bushing from the spring needs to come out one way or another. So each taking a varying amount of patience and tools, depending on which way you go. Drilling out the rubber and then cutting out the remaining parts is time-consuming, but it works. A hydraulic press is, of course, the easiest method, or use my favorite trick, the ball joint service tool from Harbor Freight. Drives out the bushings far enough that you can tap them out the rest of the way with a hammer, or using a spacer, just press it all the way out. Either way, you still want to lube it up and maybe even have a hammer and some heat handy. Using a C-clamp to hold the springs together, remove the center pin. A locking pair of pliers and an impact wrench works pretty good to loosen and remove the bolt. Sometimes the center pin and nut will be damaged or rusted together, and sometimes they'll, they'll even break. And cutting will be the only way to remove it. If this happens, be very careful not to cut into the spring with your hacksaw or cutoff wheel. Now slowly loosen up the clamp and separate the leaves, taking note the order and, and uh, which side they are removed from. This is important. You're going to need to know this stuff later on. Use a wire wheel and a brush to remove the years of dirt and surface rust accumulation from each leaf. Make sure to clean the inside of the spring eyes as well so that the new bushings will have a nice clean surface to slide into. You want to go a step further, take a sander and lightly go over any deep scratches, rough spots, or sharp corners before giving each individual leaf a nice coat or two of paint. And once the paint is good and dry, overnight is best, that way it's cured nice and hard, it's time for, reason for reassembly with the new parts. And speaking of new parts, let's talk about what you guys are going to need. On your list, you should have new spring clamps, Teflon wear pads, new center pins, new bushings for each eye, new U-bolts new and nuts, and of course, paint if you don't already have it. Now here's a tip. Grab an, uh, an extra center pin while you're at it to throw in your trail bag to carry as a spare. They're small, they're inexpensive, but vital. So it's nice to have one just in case. If you'd like to add some strength while you're at it, upgrade the nice 9-16 inch U-bolts to 5-8 inch U-bolts. Just make sure you get the right inside diameter if you do. Of course, to fit the larger bolts, you'll have to slightly enlarge the holes in your spring plates, but that's nothing but a drill bit or a unibit away. Speaking, speaking of spring plates, now would also be a good time to consider a U-bolt flip kit or armored U-bolt plates. Either is a nice bit of security if you play on the rocks a lot. Now, while the springs are out, you also have the option of replacing the shackle bushings in the frame as well. If they're already poly or in good shape, then don't worry about it right now. But having everything be all new and working all together is a nice little peace of mind. Here's another tip for you. Throw a, clean, clean, a thin, clean layer of clear or black RTV to the wear pads before putting them in place. The way I figure it, if the locating buttons ever break off, the RTV should hold the pads in place for a little while. If you do not want to use the Teflon wear pads, then uh, you can use a special graphite paint that reduces friction between each leaf and the spring pack, but I hear that's not necessarily a long-term solution. Now, onto the bushings. Make sure you guys throw a little grease on the outside of them. This will make them easier to press them in. New U-bolts should always be used anytime they're removed, and here's why. Believe it or not, the bolts actually stretch every time they are torqued. The threads roll slightly and become a little bit distorted. Now, once this happens, the nuts don't hold their torque quite as well. Guess what happens next? That's right, failure of the suspension. You don't want that happening on the freeway. Trust me, that's going to be a no good, very bad day. Now, after clamping the springs back together with that C-clamp, install the new center pins and clamps. Now you're ready to hang the spring packs back under the frame and button everything up. Make sure you torque those U-bolts to spec, and this is important, recheck the, re recheck the torque after driving around for several miles. And that's it. Easy peasy. It's easy work that can be done in a day over the weekend. Now take all the money that you just saved and buy something nice and twisted on jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. <laughs> hey, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered on here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. So, Josh, the only thing you neglected to mention was the cutting of the, uh, uh, the cargo area so you can get to that rear bolt. 
Now, you shouldn't no. have to do that, you guys. Um, th they are a pain in the butt. If you have never removed your leaf springs before, um, we could almost dedicate a whole show to the tips and tricks for, <laughs> yes. for getting those things out. And leaf springs are not in any Wranglers, correct? We have they the are coils. Old, as far as the Wrangler platform goes, the leaf springs are in the YJs. Um, after okay. the YJs came the TJs, and they went to a full coil suspension on those and, and pretty much every Jeep after that. Right. So until uh, 2017, and that'll be IFS. But no, I'm just I'm just kidding you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going that way. So this is, you know, all, all of the old full-size Jeeps, um, of course, the, the XJs, uh, all the MJs, all the YJs. Uh, yeah, a lot of Jeeps still on the road using leaf springs. Well, they weren't, uh, oh, the, but the old full-size Jeep was never an XJ, right? No, no. Okay. Now, we did have a, a full-size Cherokee, though, the Cherokee Chief. Um, but that was that was too uh, that was the, from the uh, the Wrangler or not the Wrangler the um, uh, Wagoneer platform right. days. But uh, it was probably uh, leaf spring as well, wasn't? I've never yep. looked underneath. Sure one. was. <clears throat> the uh, so the leaf springs on the YJ uh, Tammy were front and rear. That's right. Mm -hmm. So it uh, where the XJ just has the uh, the the leaf springs in the rear and coils up front. So. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the coilovers. But they uh, the nice thing about uh, leaf springs is it will keep your axle centered underneath the body, whereas yep. with coils it doesn't. So that's why you have to have uh, a track bar. Uh, that's right. And, and, on, and on yours and anything that has co uh, four uh, coils, you have to have track bars front and rear. Where we not we, to mention control arms as well. Yeah, where uh, we uh, the XJ owners only have the uh, the track bar and uh, uh, control arms up front. No, I'm looking online right now, and there's like two different pictures. One is they're above, and one yeah, they're, they're spring, below. Over, yeah, they're yeah. spring over axle and spring under axle. Typically, by stock, they come spring under axle. At least on the uh, MJs, they did. Uh, spring over is a uh, is a common upgrade. Um, guys, get, for you get off roaders, four inches of lift. Yeah. yeah. The problem with that is that you you have a higher susceptibility to axle wrap. Um, which can damage your leaf springs and most certainly break uh, U-joints or even drive lines. It's a cheap, so, it's a cheap lift for uh, It YJ is a cheap owners. lift, and it gives you a lot of ground clearance. The problem is, is that you, at that point, would ha almost have to add a ladder bar or a traction bar uh, to eliminate or reduce axle wrap. Yeah, if you're just a, a weekend uh, on-road uh, warrior, it's, uh, it gives you the lift. and It doesn't cost you more than just... Uh, I thought I, I guess really all you have to do is replace the U bolts. I guess with longer U bolts, I don't think you could use yeah. the same ones. But so it's a it's a real cheap lift. So uh, you know whatever the distance is on the uh, the width of the axle, the the diameter of the axle that gave you that much mm -hmm. lift. So yep, lots of fun, lots of uh, interesting things. How Jeep has changed over the years, and uh, leaves are are, are workhorses. Uh, and uh, yeah, they are. They uh, they do a lot of things for you. Uh, they also limit a few things as well. Great information, Josh. So uh, we really appreciate that. Amazon.com and the Jeep Talk Show present You Bought What? Oh, man. Love Amazon You Bought What because we get to, an opportunity to see what you guys have bought uh, on Amazon by first going to Jeep Talk Show slash, I'm sorry, JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon. Uh, Josh, give us the full Reader's Digest version. Yeah, this is uh, basically how you guys can support the Jeep Talk Show by doing the online shopping that you ordinarily would. Now, you guys, of course, have heard of Amazon.com, one of the largest shopping sites on the planet. Um, you can pretty much find anything there. 
So all you have to do is just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. You enter that link in. It takes you straight over to amazon.com where your shopping is going to be, your shopping experience is just going to be just like normal. Um, you're not going to get charged anything extra. There's no additional markup or anything like that. Amazon has just agreed to give us a small percentage of whatever you buy. It's on a sliding scale, so we never know what we're going to get off of each deal. And of course, we don't see who's buying what. So this is where things can get fun because you guys can throw us a really interesting curveball by throwing something very interesting into your shopping cart and making that purchase. Uh, now, once you do go to that link, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, everything that goes in your cart for the next 24 hours, we will get credit for. Well, you have to buy it, of course. You can't just put it in your cart. But, uh, <laughs> but that's how it works, guys. Great way to support the show. Helps us keep the lights on at the Jeep Talk Show Central Headquarters. Uh, so make sure you guys spread that word around here or spread that link around to your friends as well. And you sick and twisted freaks have bought things from Amazon I never knew existed oh, even on the streets of uh, Vegas. <laughs> we've had some good, good stuff over the years. It's been a while since we've had yeah, something it really, really has off the wall and twisted, but that doesn't make this any less important or any more, any less fun. No. And so our what first we got item first. Yep. Tonight. First item tonight is from the automotive department. And it's a Jeep Wrangler exhaust manifold and gaskets for $86.48 plus free shipping. Um, it's OE style replacement, fits all 4.0 liter inline six Jeep Wranglers from 1991 to 1999, includes manifold gasket, collector gasket, and hardware. Very nice. I mean, Eel. that's, that's yeah. pretty cheap, just so you don't hear that all the time. And speaking of gas mileage, it helps you on the gas mileage too because uh, uh, it's uh, getting all the stuff to the O2 sensor when you're. Uh, yeah, that's right. When you're, uh, uh, your looks very complicated. It's not fun. It's it's no. a, it's a good several hour uh, deal, oh, and and I'd recommend uh, looking at your freeze plugs while you've got all that stuff off there at the same time. And I would recommend looking at your motor mounts because that's yes. probably a good uh, indication. That's probably what caused your header to crack in the first place. Yeah, it is the motor mount on that side that fails, on the driver's side. That one uh, fails quite mm -hmm. often. And just looking at it, you may not be able to see that that, that uh, heavy, uh, thick rubber is, is broken. Uh, you may have to actually uh, lift that side up so that you can see. But uh, if it's been a while, it's probably time to change it. So uh, let's uh, let's look. What do I got here? Uh, M O R E, an SB nine hundred three seven XJ steering box brace. This <laughs> is uh, simply sixty six dollars and ninety four cents with free shipping. Uh, this is for a Jeep Cherokee XJ. Reinforces the steering box and uh, helps prevent the box from being torn off the frame. And when we say frame, we're of course talking about the unibody. So the the yeah. unibody part acts as the frame. So made uh, from one inch OD by uh, 120W steel tubing, powder coated gray. So if you guys don't know, um, the when we start putting larger tires uh, and lifting our Jeeps and putting larger tires on the XJs, that puts a lot more strain on the uh, stock steering box. And that thing is, is basically bolted to uh, shaped pressed metal. It's not thick, as I just mentioned, it's a unibody. So once you start putting more torque on that box, it wants to separate from the unibody uh, or frame-ish type thing. So by putting a steering box brace on there, you're helping to move some of that uh, torque off to another section of the Jeep. Actually goes over to the other side of the unibody and uh, helps strengthen it. So it's a great thing to do. And I mean, for, <laughs> for what was $66, yeah. uh, $67 if you round it. Uh, it, it helps you get home and not have to be towed or 
uh, doing a, uh, a, a on the trail repair, especially trying to weld something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, real quick note, guys, that is for power steering boxes only. So if your Jeep Cherokee does not have power steering, this is not something that will work for you. Now here's one uh, th Saber three in one pepper spray, advanced police strength. Ooh, this is only only seven dollars. Uh, or $6.99 if you want to get technical. Has a clip attachment for practical protection while on the go. Produces a powerful ballistic stream with reduced blowback. Now with 35 bursts. Protection against multiple threats uh, and ability to give a quick burst test spray biannually to ensure performance and protection or flavor even. New formula even better on eggs than before. <laughs> That's what I was Advanced thinking. Advanced 3-in-1 formulation, pepper spray, CS military tear gas, and UV marking dye. Great for spicing up those groovy blacklight parties. <laughs> you can pepper spray the entire family's food from 35 <laughs> feet away. <laughs> Guess who bought that? Oh, did you get that? Is that you? That was me. Time for a trip oh, to I'll Canada, right? I know, exactly. <laughs> Let them have a matching set. We just found out what you bought. Oh my God, I just can't believe that made it on the list. Oh my God, is it possible? Is it really possible we have a little time left for Camp Fireside Chat? Let's get right into it and not talk about it anymore. Hush, Josh. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Last weekend, I had a big car show that I DJ uh, every year. And uh, I know that I've kind of made the proclamation that I'm going to be retiring from DJing. But uh, this is an event that I just can't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been with these guys for eight years now, and uh, and and this show is like family to me. Uh, so it was it was cool to load up the the Jeep once again with full of DJ gear and uh, and head out to go do a show. Um, ha this is the first time I've had the Jeep really loaded down since I've um, done all the upgrades and everything. It did really well, so I can't complain. And of course, had the uh, Jeep with the big ass Jeep Talk Show stickers on the side uh, displayed promptly at the uh, front of the show. So that yeah, was pretty. Somebody good. stole all your business cards too, didn't they? Yeah, no, I had I had tucked a bunch of business cards into um, into the window trim, and uh, by the end of the show, I only had a few left. So that was really cool. So uh, there's some definitely some interested people out there. Uh, so that, that was that was definitely neat. Got a long holiday weekend. In fact, um, today is my Friday. I know it's Thursday as we record the show, but I'm taking the next five days off uh, for the holiday weekend. Of course, I'm going to be blowing some stuff up. It's my usual tradition, a 10 year tradition. <laughs> Head up the Indian Reservation, grab some stuff, come on back and uh, going to spend the day on Monday uh, barbecuing and uh, having some libations and, of course, blowing some stuff up. So and over the long break, I may try and get to the transfer case as well. Uh, try and at least get the shift fork pads swapped out, if nothing else. Maybe even swap out all the whole guts. I got to get that done before the seventeenth, I believe it is, and get a shakedown run between now and then as well, so that I can uh, head out on trail with the guys from Oregon Trail Off Road. Oh, that's great! Oh, that's right. That's busy, up. busy. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, I'm gonna always. put it. I'm gonna put it in the show notes next Thursday. We're gonna do a finger count on you, Josh. See, uh -huh. see how you got through the before. Where to go? No. <laughs> but Josh, I go. But it's completely worth it. <laughs> yeah, you should have seen it. All right, Tammy, what do you got going on? Um, just real quick, CPO has finished up his trip in or or in Oregon in Denver, and he's probably somewhere in Kansas right now, heading back. But anyway, you should go over to his um, Facebook page, Overclocked adventures that's overclocked with a 3d at the end um anyway there was this one trail i was white knuckled here in my house watching he's up in the mountains in colorado and i think it's called engineer pass or maybe alpine loop but they're on a road that just barely fits his jeep and oh, wow. traffic is coming at him there's nowhere to go your mountain on this side and a sheer job on this side anyway 
So we're watching this video and you see them trying to pass and all of a sudden the video stops. And you're like, <laughs> where's the rest of it? So anyway. At the bottom of the ravine. Yeah. Hopefully he'll put the rest of it up on his site. But anyway, his videos are amazing. Colorado is beautiful. And I really wanted to go with him. But watching those videos, I think he would have had to leave me down at the bottom of the mountain. Well, the great thing about being a passenger, Tammy, was that was the side closest to the, the drop off. Right. I don't I don't know if I would I would have told can you imagine? Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I don't think I would have made it. I would have been I'll have to put up that video of uh, the, the couple the old the older couple going bear pass, I think it was in Colorado, and the woman was just telling him how to drive and how much room oh. there was between the, the her side of the Jeep and the, the, the mountain face because she wanted the Jeep closer. Further away from the edge, closer right. to the, the the mountain part. It was hilarious, uh, but beautiful. Yeah, that would have been me. Beautiful just, scenery. It is amazing. He also got to use his, I think it's called the push pole. Um, I forgot the exact name of it. His um, land anchor. He had oh, to okay. himself over a snowbank. Um, that was pretty cool video. Um, and him and his pastor that he went with had a really great time. It was. Uh, I was so jealous watching the videos. It was really cool. Um, well, that's a great other, thing. Yeah, my other thing is I'm crossing my fingers that I'm going to hit a different off-road park, um, probably July 8th or 9th. I can't remember. That's a Saturday. And I'm going to meet up with Nate, hopefully. Oh, excellent. Group. Yeah. Now, now, be nice to him. Don't give him a hard time about being extreme. Yeah, and um, well, my my tires are bigger than his tires. Ah, so. and, well, and but it's nice enough. It's nice that you don't notice. Yeah, uh, he actually pointed that out to me. We were chatting tonight. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to forego mine uh, to play this uh, Jeep Wave video from uh, Kelly. Uh, here we go. The Jeep Wave is so iconic to the Jeep experience. Jeep's new agency of record, DDB Chicago included it in their amazing 4x4 Ever ad, a 60-second taste of Jeep life premiering during the Super Bowl. Throughout the internet, the Jeep Wave is defined as an honor bestowed on those drivers with the superior intelligence, taste, and class to own the ultimate vehicle. The Jeep generally consists of a vigorous side-to-side -side motion of one or both hands, but may be modified to suit circumstances and locally accepted etiquette. Me personally, my Jeep Wave is a two-finger lift off the wheel with a slight nod. That's it for this week, guys. Wherever you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you guys pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you guys are not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. And Jeepers, we know you guys are making purchases all the time for your Jeeps. We see it in our Amazon You Bought What every month. So the next time you guys order something for your Jeep, make sure you ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're buying a product or a service from that vendor because of a review or discussion you heard here on the show, well, let them know. If they haven't heard about us yet, be sure and tell them about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. 
Who knows? I'd even lead to some future exclusive Jeep Talk Show discount codes. It could happen. Stranger things. And make sure you guys find us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. We are on the Twitter at Jeep Talk Show. Of course, we're on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com, iTunes, YouTube, all over the place, pretty much. Jeep Talk Show into Google, and you guys can find everywhere where you want it, where you want us to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we love the Twitter interaction, and we'll just remind you real quick, if you'd like to be part of the Jeep Talk Show team, we're looking for a social media manager. Actually, maybe more than one. So if you're interested in joining the team and being the voice of us on our social media, uh, one uh, uh, along with the rest of us, we're not going to let you completely take over, but uh, get out there and communicate with some of the folks, some of the fans, some of the listeners. Uh, We'd really like to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Just, uh, I don't know, make the subject social media manager or I want to work for JTS or uh, I have naked photos of your mom and I'm going to publish them if you don't hire me. (laughs) <laughs> or you know what you can call our voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and tell us how you do your jeep wave ah uh, we'd love to hear about that i do the five finger wave scared me <laughs> where's she going with this pg-13 pg-13 <laughs> uh, now tamu's the friendly one so she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't oh, she behaves thing. herself yeah. so well I don't know how she puts up with the likes of you and me. I uh, know. Well, for me anyway, you're pretty nice. <laughs> so anyway, you guys have a great Jeep week. And uh, don't forget to, to find my co-host uh, where? Uh, you can find me over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Or at me at www.jeepmama.com. Yeah, you have to say your name, Tammy, because people don't know Tammy. that the female voice is Tammy. 